Welcome to Retro Sports Rewind, a podcast where we look back at some of the greatest games in sports history. We rewatch these classics, give you all the details behind the matchup, run through the highlights, and discuss what made each game so great. We invite you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to pods so you never miss an episode. And if you have an opportunity to rate and review the show, we greatly appreciate it. We're on social media, Retro Sports Pod on Twitter, Retro Sports Rewind on Instagram, and you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash retrosportsrewind. I'm Zach Wilt, and I'm joined by both my good pals this week. First up is Jabby Burns. How are you, Jeb? Oh, I'm doing great, Zach. Um, I'm, we're all dads. I mean, this is fantastic. Um, I'm so excited for Patrick. Um, Carly's in the in the building. Everybody's happy. The whole I almost got the whole hockey team together now, Zach. <laughs> I can get all my ladies together and and get, form our first hockey team. But um, very very excited. Very excited about this game here. And um, I know that this is a retro thing, Zach. But I want to talk about the draft at some point. About what happened in those five rounds of the baseball draft. <laughs> I would love to get like a sub retro sports um mlb draft but the only guy i could really we have to have on here is the new dad patrick guthrie hey guys i'm here you're here i'm I'm here i wasn't sure if i was gonna be here but the first uh first week or so has gone really well so i got the go ahead so i can i can talk sports i literally finished up watching this game at around four this morning (laughs) (laughs) um it's unbelievable I'm, i'm very excited i'm very i'm very excited to get back to you know, doing something outside of changing diapers for a second. <laughs> well, and you, and you know, Zach, your paternity leave here with Baltimore Sports Report isn't the longest either. I know how you <laughs> That's right. just stick there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, our benefits yeah. aren't aren't the best. <laughs> oh, well, it's good to have you, Patrick, and and I'm I'm grateful you're here, and I'm I'm uh, I'm glad things are going well enough for uh, for you to be here. Glad you're getting some sleep. I remember watching things at 4 a.m. too after uh, Penny was born. <laughs> It was uh, right around the time that um, The Mandalorian came out, and um, I, you know, that was a show that you couldn't binge watch. The episodes were coming out weekly, and I remember learning very quickly that those episodes hit Disney Plus at around 3 a.m. because um, I was usually awake and refreshing and watching as those uh, as those episodes dropped. So uh, I'm, awesome. I'm glad you're doing well, man. It's it's good to have you. And and like Jab said, we're we're three dads here, uh, all open to suggestions so uh, i'm not that far ahead of uh, of where patrick is so if anybody's got any tips on how to not mess this thing up um i'm, I'm open <laughs> to suggestions <laughs> well you both you both i know your dad very well zach and um i i feel like i know patrick's dad very well and both of those gentlemen and also um the, your lovely parents mothers um they've done you guys right so you guys will be in good shape well, I appreciate it. Should that. be fine. Uh, Zach, I got a question for Patrick though, Patrick, and I know that you were busy having a baby. Any chance you listened to the Roy Holiday uh, perfect game? I did not get a chance to listen to that. I did see his doc. Did you guys see the documentary? No. no. Oh, you didn't see the- it was uh, imperfect on ESPN. Oh no, I have to check that out. It is. Uh, yeah, I watched that well before the baby, but yeah, the last the last seven days have kind of just been. Uh, <laughs> Actually, more than that now. I guess it's 10 days. Yeah, something like that. Um, I haven't been able to squeeze in, squeeze in too much outside of those 4 a.m. TV sessions. Yeah, I, I get <laughs> but, it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been keeping up with it. Or at least I know Holiday was pertinent because of that. Uh, how did it go? How, how was everything with the perfect game with Holiday? 
It was good. It was it was uh it was a good episode. It was I love perfect games, so it was um you know, it was great. It was ten years, just a little over ten years since uh since it happened. So that was uh that was fun and exciting and um it was a good one. It's I mean, I I, I you know, I'm a big fan of Holiday. Uh yeah. I'm, we love baseball, so um if you I'm haven't had a chance to check out that episode. That's the Marlins, right? That's the Marlins. Yep. Yep. In front of twenty six thousand of Memorial yeah. Day weekend. And by the way, <laughs> Dan Ugla struck out three times. Just to give you a heads up, Patrick, I know that you've never seen that before. It's the short <laughs> arms. By the way, one of the weirdest things I've ever witnessed in baseball, remember Dan Ugla's like 39-game hitting streak? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Dan Ugla, who struck out, I mean, was literally like a walking over for 4 for a few years, just went on a crazy hitting streak, and it just – all the guys you could see going on a hitting streak, it just didn't it didn't make any sense. It was like it was the upside down. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baseball's weird, man. Baseball is weird. Oh, yeah. uh, and, that, and that's that's definite proof of it. All right. Well, where are we headed this week, Patrick or uh, Jabby Burns? What do we got? So we're going to spin it back to one of the craziest Super Bowls. And I brought this up last week. We talked about it, but it's uh, February 5th, 2017, Super Bowl 51 between the Falcons Patriots. Better known, Patrick Gunthry, as the 28-3 game. I've never heard of a game being um, kind of coined as the score of some point in the game. <laughs> but that's kind of what this it's kind of what this game has turned into. I mean, every time you talk about it, it's the, somebody will say, oh, yeah, that Super Bowl was 28-3. It's un- I'm telling you, Patrick. I still watch this. I still can't believe this happened. I can't either. Uh, I was actually just a little behind the scenes here. I had the stomach flu that day. Oh, it was brutal. I had it like early in the morning, but by the time the game got on, I was pretty much through the worst of it, but I just had full body cramps just sitting on my couch Mm. watching the game. So not only did I have to watch the Patriots complete, you know, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, but I'm like <laughs> literally on death doorstep, like laying on my couch. Being like, oh my God, this is this. I cannot believe this is happening. That was really like, I mean, the prevailing thought throughout the game was like the Falcons took that big lead early. And I'm just like, it's, it's almost like it is, it should be over. It should be over, but there's a way back. Like it's, it would, everything would need to go right. Like everything would need to fall in the Patriots direction. And it is just, it's crazy crazy how it happened because i remember like thinking about texting my buddies who were patriots fans and just shit talking them and being like man <laughs> what happened like where's 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 tom brady where's where's belichick where's the patriot mystique and I, you know i'm like you know what i'm gonna hold off i'm like it's, we're this close it's like the end uh it's like the end of a horror movie or it's like the middle of a horror movie where like you push michael myers out a window and you shoot him with a gun up <laughs> He's already on the ground. He's almost dead. Just go down there and shoot him a few more times, and instead you just leave. And, of course, he comes back. Yeah, he does. And I wish Arthur Blank knew something about that, too. Uh, (laughs) Don't go down to the field in the third quarter, Mr. Blank. Holy cow. There's so many plot lines here, Zach. It's unbelievable. So we'll get into it for sure. Yeah, there's a ton to get into in this game. I feel like we should just start running through uh, as as quickly as we can because – there's not there's a lot of detail and I feel like you have to get into all of the detail to truly set up the uh, the comeback. So why don't we dive into the recap here? This game was broadcasted on Fox. Thirty uh, second commercial was five million dollars, an average of a hundred and eleven point three million viewers watched this game, which was actually down from the previous year. Um, which I thought was interesting, Jab. I wonder if that was just because 
everybody's so tired of the Patriots at this point. I know I was kind of feeling that fatigue um, with the NFL. Do you think that had anything to do with it, or was it just down from the previous year? Am I looking into that too much? No, I think what the big thing was is probably um, the Falcons. Um, I don't think anybody – the Falcons was like – I don't know. It just seems like that they're not a team that you'd get that fired up to see. And the year before was the Broncos with Peyton Manning defeating the Panthers, correct? Yeah, 2000 – Super Bowl 50 was – yeah, it was the – so the year before it was Carolina Panthers with Cam and the whole bit and, and the Broncos. Um, and the Broncos defense did a great job. So I think everybody's rooting for Peyton Manning. You have a little bit more of that side of it. Plus, like, like I said, I don't think Atlanta, – Atlanta's a very transient type – um, sports town. They have people think they're a great sports town because they have a lot of teams down there, but it's not really. It's it's really a college football area. I mean, that's the main thing that goes on down there. Um, so I, I would say there would be more of that. And the people that are watching it for the Patriots side are people that are like Patrick rooting against them. <laughs> I totally agree with Deb on this. I think I, I, if I remember correctly, the Hawks, like the Atlanta Hawks, in the last couple of years, they had a one really good season where they made the playoffs and they couldn't sell out playoff games. Yeah. Um, so it's like Jab said, it's just uh, occasionally, you know, they they, get, they they really get behind one team. Um, I mean, we've seen we've seen it, I guess, during the Braves kind of run of a billion division titles in a row. <laughs> but I want to say that, I mean, it's it, it's never been like a huge pro sports market. Jab's, I, Jab's right. I agree. Like UGA, Georgia Tech, like that's that's what they get behind, really. Because people from there either go to school down there, too, and then they go off to somewhere else and then come. It's kind of like D.C. in a way, too. That's why I think D.C. is kind of that way as well, just because a lot of people either move into those areas for jobs and then they bring their teams with them. That's why you find all those sports bars uh, of different, you know, different teams in, right. in these kind of places. So I think it's more of that than anything else, really. Um, as far as commercials go, this uh, broadcast on YouTube actually did have some commercials in it from the broadcast. I don't think it had all of them, but um, you know, one of the notes that I read was that a lot of movies were advertised uh, during this Super Bowl. So this is when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was advertised, uh, Logan, Transformers The Last Night, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, The Fate of the Furious, and then we also had The Walking Dead and Stranger Things. Uh, were advertised. I remember Stranger Things because I remember being uh, super pumped about that. The halftime show was Lady Guardians Gaga. Sure, isn't Guardians of the Galaxy one of your favorite favorite Marvel movies? Yeah, I do love Guardians of the Galaxy. That's true. Yeah, I do. But I think I had like seen <laughs> a little bit about it, and and I don't know that we were expecting a Stranger Things tease for this. I think that's that's what made this so exciting was the. Uh, not really anticipating, um, knowing what was coming from Stranger Things, where we kind of knew you know, about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I do love Guardians of the Galaxy, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) You just just had to reaffirm that, I have to, yeah, yeah, please please don't mistake. Uh, The halftime show was Lady Gaga, and the big takeaway was the uh, drones. Do you guys remember this? So they had the 300 uh, LED-equipped drones from Intel that, you know, formed an American flag in the sky. It was a pre-recorded segment, but really wild. This was really cool. They actually had this down here in my neck of the woods in Orlando um, the holiday season before, so a year prior, and they were kind of testing out this technology, and um, we got to watch it. It was really, really neat, um, and, and I thought it was you know something that I was, I was curious to see evolve, and then it, it went away, and then it resurfaced here at the Super Bowl, and it was like this was version 2.0 of what I saw. This was really took it to the next level and was really awesome. You guys remember this? I do. Her performance was, I remember just being in awe at her performance. 
Like it was, it was almost like an athletic situation where it's just like, man, like she's been doing this for so long. She's running all over the stadium. Like I was just like, I've never a hundred percent like been all in on her music, but I remember like looking at my wife and just being like, that's amazing. Like I cannot believe she just did that for that long. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, great, great performer, more attractive than I thought she was too, by the way. I think that was that movie. Would she do that movie with that dream boat? They did Stars. that. Uh, what is it? Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah, 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 that was good. Bradley Cooper. I mean, he's dreamy, anyways. But her, she was great in that movie. And um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan. It was, it was actually great. So let's dive into the game itself. Uh, the first quarter is actually pretty uneventful, and it's the only one that is um, really a defensive matchup between both of these teams. They both end up uh, punting twice. The longest play that we have from scrimmage is a a 37-yard run by uh, Devonta Freeman. It it didn't lead to any points. Um, It was the the longest run of the game, though, for either team. So we're not going to waste too much time on the first quarter. Nothing happened. It's scoreless. And then these teams kind of start getting going a little bit later. Well, the Falcons start getting going a little bit later. They they jump out to a big lead in the second quarter. Uh, So in the first play of the second quarter, Tom Brady, we see complete a a 27-yard pass to Julian Edelman. Uh, that's on the Falcons' 33-yard line. Uh, the very next play, Deion Jones strips the ball from LeGarrette Blunt. That fumble is recovered by uh, Robert Alford, the, uh, the defensive back for Atlanta on the 29-yard line. The next two plays, we see Matt Ryan going to Julio Jones, who was just so good, uh, 19, 23 yards on, on those. And then Freeman runs the ball the next three play, plays. The last one's a five-yard touchdown run. That puts Atlanta up 7 nothing in this game, Jab. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Like you said at the beginning, there was nothing going on, nothing going on. Then boom, here we go. Um, the big play for me too, Patrick, is watching how he ripped that ball out of Legarrette Bunt's um, arm. I mean, he's kind of running upright there. So usually, uh, Blunt's kind of trying to run downhill. He, I think, he scored some ridiculous number of touchdowns from like the one yard line um, for the Patriots that year. So he was that quote unquote goal line back. Or in fantasy purposes, he would be, be the touchdown vulture if you, if you guy that did all the work. But he was able to pull that out. It was just interesting how they they were able to get on that. And I think this is what's interesting. What they did the whole time is their defense was playing really really well. Um, and, and big spots early in this game, Patrick, which is why it's so crazy what happens later. It is. Um, and, the, the, yeah, they did have a couple big spots in this game, including that fumble. It's just even early on there were a couple times I think Brady co- like uh, converted his first three third downs in this game, and mm-hmm. that was just kind of like a portent of things to come. Like it's just the Falcons when they needed – when they, they still made big plays. I mean there were guys in this game for the Falcons on defense. Like Grady Jarrett had an awesome game for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Robert Alford, as you're going to see, has a great game for the Falcons. It's just like in the moments where like the, things could shift in one direction the most, like big third downs, fourth downs, anything – like you know, second and long, whatever it is, the, it always seems like the Patriots were able to have things come out in their favor as opposed to with the Falcons. They, they make plays – to get it to second and long, and then they wouldn't be able to finish it off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Falcons' offense was the best offense in the NFL this year. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan was the MVP. Um, they had, obviously, Julio's amazing. They have, they have the two-headed monster of kind of Freeman and Coleman, who were terrific uh, yeah. in the early portion of this game. And <laughs> they got rolling. You could just see, like, oh, man, like, this, this is why. This is why this is the best offense in the NFL. So following that 7 nothing lead, New England takes over. They fail to get a first down on that series, uh, and the Falcons take over again. They move the ball 62 yards on five plays. We see Matt Ryan 
uh, start that drive with a 24-yard completion to Taylor Gabriel. Then he throws to uh, Julio Jones for an 18-yard gain. Uh, on third and nine, he throws a 19-yard touchdown pass, hits uh, tight end Austin Hooper, and it's 14-0 Falcons. And, and this ends up being, Jab, the, the largest deficit that Tom Brady has ever faced in his seven Super Bowl appearances. And it ends up getting even larger after this. Yeah, and Matt Ryan was spectacular on this drive. Uh, he was really showing um, why he was probably—I I don't know if he—I don't know if he won the MVP that year or if he, he, did. he, was, he yeah. won it. Yeah. Yep. So that's also crazy when someone says because you know there's certain people, especially in this town in Baltimore, that always do the comparison between Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco. <laughs> no offense, no offense to Joe Flacco lovers out there. Matt Ryan's better. Okay, let's just let's just leave it there. You could take your Super Bowl and that's fine. He's a better player. It just is. Um, he was awesome on this series. But I think the big reason why, Patrick, is because, as you pointed out, they're running the ball. And when you run the ball well, Patrick, play action opens up. When you have stud receivers like Julio Jones getting one-on-one coverage because linebackers are getting sucked in, it's interesting. And then you have Taylor Gabriel, who's running like a 440. I don't know if you guys saw the one where he totally torched the corner and put him on um, roller skates, basically falling over on one of his routes later in this game, I think into the third quarter. But this is why, Patrick, you run the ball. You run the ball to set up the pass, Mr. Shanahan. Yeah. And this is, I mean, obviously that was, we'll see later a big criticism after this game. But yeah, I really do want to go back to that throw to Hooper is. I mean, perfect. It is yeah. he, he throws him open. He's covered when the ball comes out, and it is just like an absolutely picture perfect throw from Matt Ryan. And you could see, I mean, you could just see early. It's just like even if the Patriots can get going, even if the Patriots' offense can get going, how are they going to be able to stop this? Like, there's just so many weapons out there on the field for the Falcons, and a guy like Austin Hooper, who up until this year we really didn't know was you know an you know an amazing tight end. Um, just kind of has it has his moment right here, but yeah, it's just you didn't understand how the Patriots were going to be able to stop the Falcons' offense. It was just it was rolling too much. They had too many options everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Uh, New England finally starts getting something going on their next drive. They drive to the Falcons' twenty-three. They are helped out a little bit by three defensive holding penalties against the Falcons' defense. Uh, then on third and six, Tom Brady throws a pass that's intersect intercepted by Alford, returned eighty-two yards for a touchdown. And just like that, it's 21 nothing Falcons. It's the first time in Brady's career that he's thrown a pick six uh, uh, for in his 33 postseason games. And Alfred's 82-yard return was the second longest interception and in, uh, return in Super Bowl history. Uh, we learn, Jab, that Brady ultimately becomes the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl who threw a pick six. But at this moment, you're thinking everything's going wrong for the Patriots, and it's something we've never seen before. Two things I love about this play. One, Brady, who's usually very good at looking off um, defensive backs, throws an awful, for him, an awful throw. They're on a really good drive. He's doing a really good job. They're mixing in the run, the pass, and he throws just one of his worst throws. I think one of his worst throws maybe in his career just because of where it was, the middle of the field where you know there's guys lingering. He just makes a bad throw in a bad spot. The other part, Patrick, that I love is his fake dive after the Alford as Alford's running down the sideline as if he's going to catch him. <laughs> Brady looks like he's like 100. You remember that picture of Flacco when he threw that pick six against, uh, I think it was the Broncos the year they won the Super Bowl, right? And he's face down and it had that picture yes, of the Baltimore yes. Suns act. That's what Brady looked like, but it was way more feeble as if he was going <laughs> to catch him. It was unbelievable. But yeah, Patrick, that's what like, kind of that jumped out to me was just how bad the throw was. I will say the one thing the Falcons were able to do and their pass coverage didn't really hold up in this game. And you could actually kind of see it on this drive 
because even though the pick six happens, the three holding penalties kind of are a point to the fact that, like, maybe the DBs are having more trouble than we're seeing right now. Like, maybe the, the score is what the score is. Like, the Falcons' offense is rolling. But three holding penalties means you're really having trouble legally covering the receivers. Um, but, yeah, the, the one thing the Falcons <laughs> were able to do pretty much all game was get pressure. I mean, like I said earlier, Jared had a couple sacks. Dwight Freeney, who's in this game, obviously, I'm sure he wanted to win this one after the oh. Patriots took down the Colts so many times during his career. Yep. Dwight Freeney has a sack or two. Like, they were constantly hitting Brady, and it's so rare to see him get kind of smacked around like that. They even say on the broadcast, the Patriots, this is the first game they had trailed since week 12 uh, at all. First game they had trailed at all. So you know that they, they probably kept Brady upright for the you know vast majority of that. So to see him get hit around uh, and for him to get hit around is, is rare. And you can see it kind of impacts his decision-making decision on this throw. Yeah, and then Zach, real quick, the other thing too is they're getting there without having to blitz. That was the part that was important is they weren't sending extra guys, but there was a lot of stunts where guys are usually on the outside are stunning towards the inside, and they did a really good job with that early in the game, guys, as you could, as we as we see later. But um, it's just interesting. They change everything in the second half. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, the Patriots do put three on the board before uh, before the end of the first half. They get the ball back with 2.20 left. Brady puts together a drive. Uh, it ends up stalling there on, on the 20-yard line, the Falcons' 20-yard line. But uh, Steven Gaskowski successfully makes that kick with two seconds left on the clock. And uh, it's it's halftime, 21-3, to Falcons. Yeah, and there, real quick, too, on that, that's a big uh, – I feel like we do the Patriots every week now that I'm thinking about this. But <laughs> we um, – they always seem to score right before half. And I even go back to the Charger game, too. These are spots that people don't talk about, but those are points, Patrick. And in a game like this, that's all you needed for the Patriots. I think mentally, if they were shut out, I'm not saying they would have ended up losing this game. I'm just saying it's a different vibe going into halftime. You have a little bit of momentum coming out of half um, if, if, if you're the Patriots just because you could find that drive. And the fact that you know – you have a good defense, right? You had the number one scoring defense for a reason. So if you can hold the Falcons, you know that Brady's going to get going. And the thing is, this drive almost you know, ended before, I think on the second play. It was uh, Brady got hit as he threw, mm. and the ball was just kind of floating up there. And Bennett caught it. Happened to fall into Bennett's arms. Yeah. Like if, if either of the Atlanta linebackers turn, turn around, that ball was there for the taking. And that ball yeah. was going back. Oh, absolutely. That's a good point. And the announcer said something, too. Like, usually that ball lands in the lands in the arms of a defender. Um, you know, it was uh, Aikman. Aikman's like, that usually just lands in the – and if that happens, this game is completely done. And so you're right. And then they end up getting points out of it, stinking Patriots. Yep. After a very long halftime show, by the way, uh, that, that some of the, the Falcons blamed for uh, how poorly they performed in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, wow. The Falcons start. Didn't the, didn't the Niners think the Ravens turned off the lights or something? Or <laughs> or one way or another. Come on. Well, it yeah, always, it was that. It's it was always an half. excuse. <laughs> it wasn't your play calling. It wasn't that you were tired. It was the half. It was the half. <laughs> it was a long <laughs> halftime show. It didn't have to sit through the same halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the Falcons start with the ball and uh, they they go three and out. Then the Patriots go three and out. So the second drive for the Falcons, uh, they start on their own 15 yard line. We see Matt Ryan complete complete two long passes uh, to wide receiver Taylor Gabriel, who you mentioned earlier, uh, for gains of 17 and 35 yards. That puts uh, the Falcons on New England's 28 yard line. 
Four plays later, we see Matt Ryan finish that drive. It ends up being an 85-yard drive with a six-yard TD pass to Tevin Coleman. And it's 28-3 with 8.31 left in the quarter. And, and Jab, we see like T-shirts made of the 28-3 score. It's a 25-point <laughs> lead for the Falcons. And, you know, you mentioned on the broadcast, um, you know, hearing Troy Aikman and, and Joe Buck talk about just how nothing is going right for the New England Patriots. And, and this is just an amazing hole that they put themselves in. And, yeah, there's still a lot of time left, but... You know, I think back to where I was in in this game, and and my Super Bowl party was pretty much clearing out by this point. Yeah, and this is the one where I was telling you guys that he put uh, Gabriel put the corner on roller skates on the thirty five yard throw. Matt Ryan again. I hate to put Lindsay OK is going to have a heart attack if she ever listens to this (laughs) because. Matt Ryan was brilliant on this drive. I mean, he was just again. The other thing that you continue to go back to is they actually. He ran the ball in this drive a little bit too, but it was really Ryan just kind of just take, taking whatever he wanted. He had great, he had so much time in the pocket to be able to make these throws. And it's almost like we, we can do, you know, when you're playing Madden, well, let's just say this when Jackson's beating me in Madden nowadays, <laughs> like how easy it is that like, no matter what he calls those plays were going, Patrick, that's how it was. And I was surprised after, like I said, halftime, you'd think that they would come out ready to go. The Patriots. No, it was the other way around. And this is where you're supposed to step on their neck, right? This is where you're supposed to choke them out. Um, Patrick, I think this is where the, the Patriots think thought maybe they were getting choked out, but it turns out Brady still got a little bit left. This is it. I mean, I remember I remember watching this and just being like, if you get a stop, the game's over. That's like that's it. You just as long as the Patriots don't score a touchdown in the next drive, a field goal didn't matter. As long as the Patriots didn't score a touchdown, the game was over. And that's the one thing that was kind of running through my mind of literally if it's any other team, I would have kind of just, you know, stuck a fork in him and said the Super Bowl is over. But you've just seen Brady do it too many times. And he has. Some great plays on the next drive, um, including one that is kind of actually reminds me of Madden as well. But I'll I'll let Zach take us through it and let you know when I see it. Hey, Zach, you yes. know, we like to do sometimes the where were you bit. Yes. Right. Yep. So I was sitting we were home. People had left by now. and We didn't have a lot of people over. It was just a you know, chill. Like you said, like this, like the people that didn't watch the Super Bowl, according to you earlier. It was <laughs> right. like that at my house, too. Right. Um, so people were out. So it was me, my, my wife, Jackson. Um, and no, was already asleep. So Trisha looks over at me and she goes, this game's over. I, I, I can. And she, again, she's not a sports fan. She has no like to believe in sure. like. Any of that kind of stuff. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. She's like, oh, Brady lost. This is awesome. All right. She went to bed. <laughs> so just to let you know, like from a, like a non-sports standpoint, too, people thought it was over, even if you were, you know, and I just stay up just because I like watching all the pageantry and I wanted to see, you know, Atlanta win this thing. But then the next thing I know is I see your boy Arthur Blank on the side. <laughs> the kiss of death. Oh, man. <laughs> Brady does put uh, put together a nice drive, though, on the next series. So he leads the Patriots at 75 yards, 13 plays, and they do respond with a touchdown. Uh, he goes 5 of 7 for 43 yards, um, the biggest of which is, is a 17-yard completion to uh, Danny Amendola on 4th and 3. Patrick, is this the player you're talking about? Um, that is not, that's close, but okay. that's not it. What's I think there's a, there's you know a, which play I'm talking about. I do. And on this drive, if you remember, too, on third and eight, he scrambles for like 15 yards, too, because because Brady, again, the guy that was diving after the fast cornerback <laughs> that was running 80 yards. And all of a sudden is like Michael Vick up the middle of the field. And what they ran, Patrick, is they ran like a go route with everybody. And I'm not saying it was a called play, but that thing opened up huge for Brady. And he did just one of the worst slides I've ever seen. He's so slow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make 
sense. It's it's literally this is one if you're playing Madden where I've never been a throw my controller type of guy because I don't want to buy a new controller, but this is definitely a flip it up in the air and just like kind of oh let it land up and be like Tom Brady scrambles middle for 15 yards. When um, to the forehead. Tom Tom runs like a six four four. He's scrambling up the middle against you know like a defense that's really been beating him up all day yep. for a fifteen yard gain on third and eight. Like that's I can't imagine the frustration going through like Dan Quinn's mind. When he sees <laughs> My God. And I will say the one other thing from this drive that I mean obviously we've kind of we'll, we'll touch on more as the game goes on because this role gets even bigger. James White, man, mm. James White had maybe the greatest receiving game for a running back and in, in like a playoff game i i don't i'm pulling that stat out of my ass it's sure. 14 catches it has it, to be an unreal day the patriots have always done it like this kevin falk forward like they've always had a Deion lewis a couple years ago they've always involved their running game uh, their running backs in the passing game better than any team that i can think of ever and james white was just a weapon out there especially considering and we didn't touch on this no gronk Gronk is right. injured for this game. Right. So it, it's Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, and Julian Edelman. And the biggest guy in this game by far is James White. And he did break the record. He had the record for most, not even just as a running back. He broke the record for most catches, um, which was held by Demarius Thomas uh, before that. So James White did 14 catches, 110 yards. Spoiler alert, Zach. Crazy. Crazy. So they get their touchdown, but they miss the extra point. It's <laughs> Struck the goalpost as twenty-eight to nine. Oh, people are so excited with squares with terrible numbers like eight and nine. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh my, that's a good point. Somebody's feeling really oh, lucky sick. there. Oh, they're they're counting their chips. All I do is kick a field goal by a guy that's about like ninety-nine percent on the feed, and all of a sudden he misses, and now you're oh, so salty. Oh. So uh, New England follows that up by attempting an onside kick, but uh, the ball is recovered by the Falcons. And then there's a penalty anyway on Gostowski for uh, for touching the ball before it went 10 yards. So that Worst gives, onside kick ever. It was way. really so bad. terrible. Yeah, yeah. And the Falcons end up with even better field position as a result. Uh, but they're still unable to get anything going on that drive. We see uh, Ryan get sacked on third down. And Jab, this ends up being a huge part of this game. The Falcons have to burn their second time out and punch Why? <laughs> I can't believe it. Why stop the clock? Stupid. Stupid. They don't run the ball. They try to pass. They get cute. This is where your boy Kyle is doing the Kyle show, Patrick. And this is where it starts. They should have not only, even if they don't score there, Patrick, they should have taken off like five minutes. Instead, I think it's like a minute, minute and a half. They take a timeout, which is just absurd. And they take a sack, keeping them out of even any type of field goal range and makes the punt a little bit tougher. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a prisoner of the moment type of situation of just like, yes, all logic dictates run the ball, take time off the clock. You know, time is the Patriots enemy. But at the same time, if you're at this game and you're, you know, you're the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, you're like, Matt Ryan is making it rain out there, uh, <laughs> and it's just—it uh, seems like nothing can go wrong for him. And you, maybe he just went to the—they just went to the well too many times. Mm-hmm. Like this, this wasn't the moment for that. But I can't understand just being like, we have the MVP playing maybe his best game of the season—not uh, his best game of the season—but out there making all of the throws that he can. Yeah. Um, and I can see why you would be tempted to do that. But yes, all convention wisdom says run the ball, just eat up clock and just kind of lean on the Patriots till this game is over. Yeah. They're only getting six yards of pop on the ground. Uh, Pat, uh, Patrick and Zach, why would you continue to run? 
<laughs> uh, none of it makes sense. Uh, it ends up uh, that ends up finishing the third quarter. The Falcons punt uh, back on the Patriots' thirteen yard line. We see Brady uh, lead a, a nice drive here, completing three passes to Malcolm Mitchell for forty yards, uh, one to Bennett for twenty five, and that puts uh, puts the ball on the Falcons' seven yard line. But they're not able to get a touchdown here. They they have to settle for a field goal. Brady ends up being sacked twice by uh, Grady Jarrett over the next three plays. So it's a 33-yard field goal, which is good. That cuts the deficit to 28-12. It's a two-score game with less than 10 minutes remaining, Jab. I still thought that they were fine. I, I really did, even at this. And even after re-watching this thing, Patrick, I feel like somehow I could get the Atlanta to win this game. Um, <laughs> so, But just it hasn't worked. I hate I hate to beat up a dead horse. Whatever the terrible cliche is, like, you know, I'm awful. <laughs> beat a dead horse. Yeah, whatever. These guys, by the way, these teams, they rush for the exact same number of yards. They both ran for 104 yards. First of all, that's crazy alone. Let alone the fact that the Patriots, who were down most of the game, Patrick got the last time I checked, ran the ball seven more times than the uh, Falcons. I agree with that, and I also want to say that, that this is Malcolm Mitchell. I did not know who Malcolm Mitchell was. Did anybody else know who Malcolm Mitchell was? No. Malcolm Mitchell's parents. I had to look him up. He only played one year. He played one year, and it was this year. And even in the previous game against the Steelers, he had one catch for five yards. So it kind of points to, I guess, the brilliance of Brady or whoever to get this guy involved. He had 40 yards on this drive. And just it's it's a one-year guy who played one year in the NFL – and really, this was his only. This was his only game of note. Is the Super Bowl, and he has <laughs> he had a huge. He had a couple of huge catches for them, specifically on this drive. But like, yeah, I mean, a, an unbelievable. It's just another guy that the Patriots kind of pull out of you know pull out of the hat, pull out of nowhere. Of just like this guy is. Oh yeah, there's Malcolm Mitchell. He's gonna go catch you know three balls for forty yards, and then you'll never hear from him again. Falcons take over, and, and we've mentioned how good Matt Ryan's been um, so far in this game, and this is really the first time that uh, that that the Patriots end up getting to him. So on the third play of this drive, we see Freeman misses his blocking assignment on, on a blitz mm-hmm. that allowed Dante Hightower to sack Ryan as he was kind of winding up for that pass. So this turns into a fumble. It's recovered by Allen Branch on the Falcons' 25-yard line. Jab, this is Ryan's first turnover in two months, and it allows New England to, you know, cash in on this opportunity um, with a, a six-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady to Amendola. Yeah, and to the thing on this drive, first of all, they went to the replay on this, too, to check and see if his arm was going forward. I mean, it's no Charles Woodson in the Raiders-Patriots game, but it's... <laughs> It, it was it, it could have gone kind of either way, depending on where you looked at it. But it was a fumble. And, and you know, that's their fault. Anyways, again, throwing the ball. Um, the, the other thing here in this thing here, I love the two point. I love this play. The two point conversion yes. when it works. Yeah, this straight hike. And Brady does his be- how high off the ground do you think he got, Patrick? Maybe could he get about as high as a, I don't know, a paperclip? I mean, he <laughs> jumps like as if the ball's over his head. White takes it up the middle and turns into freaking Marcus Allen overnight. <laughs> That's their play, man. They've run that play, the the direct snap with Brady. They ran it against the Chargers in 2006. They've done it forever, forever. I mean, they won't do it this year because Brady's not there. I mean, maybe they still will with Jared Stidham or whatever. But <laughs> I do want to go back to – have you guys seen Clerks? Have you guys – either of you guys seen yeah. Clerks? Yeah, of course. Yes. So I, I get the feeling seeing Devontae Freeman miss that block of the uh, the quote – 
I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> like, Tevin Coleman's the third down back. Yep. That's his block, right. except he got hurt the previous play, and they had to take him off the field. And Devontae Freeman misses the – he's the guy who's probably not supposed to be on the field for that play, and he misses the block on Dante Hightower, which is – I mean, it was a huge turning point in this game of just, like, not having those two guys out there anymore. Now it's just Devontae Freeman not having the ability, you know, of uh, the pass-catching ability of Coleman or kind of – the, the switch in speeds of Coleman being a little faster and Freeman being a little stronger. It's, it's a big component of their offense. I feel like that was a, a big moment for the Falcons in this one. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. Yeah. And, yep. and kind and of the, maybe he's the a turning good pass point. catcher. Yeah. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So you could run like a screen there, a safe play as opposed to, you know, coming out of the shotgun or even like a draw um, to, to Coleman. But if he's not in there, you got Freeman in there and he's not used to blocking. So it's twenty eight twenty after that uh, that two point conversion is successful. Falcons taking over on the first play of their next possession. We see Freeman catching a short pass from Ryan and then running it for a thirty nine yard game, which ends up being the the longest play of the game for either team. Uh, then second and nine from the Patriots forty nine yard line. Ryan throws deep to Jones, who makes this crazy catch on One of the, the best catches ever. It probably definitely the best catch of the game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. uh, Twenty-seven well, yard game. There's another catch that has an argument for that. Uh, yeah, you're right. We'll get to that. That's a good. They're, they're, yeah. they're both amazing. So it's it's really. Split. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. This this one this one's crazy, but uh, it gives gives the Falcons a first down. They're on the Patriots' twenty-two yard line. Four forty left on the clock. Um, you know, they have a chance here to, to make this a two score game again. Next play Freeman runs, uh, for a one yard loss. He's tackled by Devin McCourty. It's second down, uh, flowers sacks, Ryan. It's a 12 yard loss on the Patriots 35 yard line. So third and 23 Ryan completes a nine yard pass to, uh, Sanu and it's nullified though by an offensive holding penalty on Matthews. So it's clock stops. Clock, sto- <laughs> clock stops. Yeah, and Jab's pulling his hair out alone, oh by the God. way, because everybody oh. else is going to sleep. I don't trucks. have much left, Zach. But holy cow! <laughs> Third and thirty-three. They're out of field goal range. Ryan throws an incomplete pass, and they're left with no choice but to punt the incomplete ball to New England. Pass. Does that stop the clock, Zach? It when stops you throw an the clock. Pass? Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, have you Is lost your mind? Punt? Well, well, here's my thing. If it's third and 33, you're probably not going to get that first down right. unless you're the Ravens against the Chargers back in the old <laughs> days when Ray Rice get loose. But I'm just saying, like, how if you're going to do this, make the Patriots, Patrick, call one of their timeouts. Make them do something as opposed to just giving it up um, on a chance that you're going to throw an incomplete. Yeah, that's a terrible play call. Oh. Right. The rest are just like you can, you can kind of go back through the logic of it and just be like, well, I kind of see why this happened. I have no idea what it's third and 33. Like the chances you pick up third and 33 for this are so minimal. Uh, just run it. Make them use a timeout. And even even after this, the Patriots are still on their nine. Like they're still on their like yep. Matt Bosher, you know, golf clap. He had a pretty good game punting and he yeah. <laughs> at the 10 yard line. And they get to third and 10, and Brady makes a great pass to Chris Hogan mm-hmm. to start this drive. And then from there, it's just kind of – it just rolls downhill. Yeah. Well, your boy Mitchell gets in the mix too. God, man, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Patrick set that up. Uh, Brady starts with two incompletions, but then uh, hits Chris Hogan for a 16-yard pass. 
Uh, then he connects with Mitchell for an 11 yard pass and he throws a pass that's nearly intercepted mm. by Alfred. I mean, that, that, this would have been it. That would have been the game, but uh, instead it's, they would have probably thrown yeah, three that's times. True. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Instead it's batted in the air and it falls into the arms of Edelman who makes this diving catch as it bounces off of Alfred's shoe. This, the instant replay is just absolutely wild, although it's very clear that he, he makes this catch, but it happens so fast in real time that you're just like, there's, there's no way. Uh, you see it in slow motion jab, and, and it, I mean, it's an incredible athletic play by, by Edelman to keep this thing going. No, it was a great catch. Edelman's a great receiver. I still can't believe they won this game. it's just so many things that are going i don't know if it if the gods patrick were getting them back for the david tyree catch but um (laughs) let's just call it even now i'd say this was it man like the the game plays out how we know it plays out from here but that catch by edelman is just a like the the hogan catch on third and ten is one thing how the hell julian edelman comes down with that ball is amazing and if you listen to the mic'd up segments of this game awesome immediately after that play happens and he gets up, he goes, I caught it. Goes, I caught that ball. <laughs> he was and, talking to the corner, right? Yeah. He's talking to the corner. Yeah. He's like, Oh no, I, I got that one. I caught it. And sure enough, like just an unreal play kind of reminiscent almost of the, uh, Jermaine curse play in the Seattle Super Bowl. Oh yeah. He kind yeah, of yeah. got them inside the red zone of just like the ball's kind of just rolling around and he just manages to grab it at just the right time. Atlanta challenges the, uh, ruling on the field, but, uh, it's uh, announced that the call stands, and that's their final timeout. So they are out of timeouts after losing that challenge. Uh, Brady's next pass to Amendola is a, uh, a gain of 20 that, that puts them on the Falcons' 21-yard line. Clock is uh, is ticking and runs below the two-minute warning. So uh, two more passes to White. They gain 20 yards uh, on, on that. It gives uh, New England a first down on the one-yard line, 58 seconds left to play. Uh, White scores a a one-yard touchdown run, and Brady completes a two-point conversion pass, one of those kind of real quick, uh, you know, lateral passes. Well, not lateral, I guess, but, you know, uh, straight across passes to uh, to tie the score at 28. What what do you call that, Jab? What am I I trying to say? Uh, Like, like, I think you're right, like a a shovel pass. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, it's really, it's quick. Um, so they cut that that twenty five point deficit. It's we're tied at twenty eight. Everybody's stunned. It's it's unbelievable. An unbelievable comeback. They've done everything right, and the Falcons have done everything wrong. It's it's, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, but the Falcons have all their timeouts, right, Zach? <laughs> no, oh. no, they do not. Oh, they burned two on defense. Is what you're telling? <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, so the Falcons do take over. They start their drive deep, uh, deep on their their own end, just under a minute. No timeouts. Uh, they fail to get into range to score a you know possible game winning field goal. They end up punting again, and the Patriots fair catch the ball on their own 35 yard line. There's a moment where they you know kind of briefly consider, but ultimately you know decline ending regulation on that fair catch. Um, which would have been, you know, something that had never happened in Super Bowl history. But instead, they go out. They do this like fake quarterback kneel thing, or it's a running play to Deion Lewis. <laughs> he gains several yards, but nothing really happens. Um, yeah, you know, uh, reading it, it made it seem like uh, a little crazier than watching it. You know, it wasn't really. Uh, I don't think either team really expected anything to happen on that play. No. What did you think when they went to overtime? You thought the Falcons would win, right? <laughs> Over, man. This was. Like- <laughs> Uh-huh. There was 
less than zero chance of the Falcons winning this game in overtime. <laughs> they could. You know what? They probably would have done a Jerome Bettis and actually gave them the ball if they got the uh, the coin toss correct. Insane, insane. So the Patriots do win the coin toss. They they choose heads, and it's heads. Oh, weird. Uh, and they elect to receive. Smart choice. Um, <laughs> so they start on their own uh, 25-yard line after a touchback. We see Brady complete passes to White, Amendola, and Hogan. That's gains of 6, 14, and 18 yards. Uh, then we see White drop a, 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 uh, a pass for a 3-yard loss. Uh, Brady completes a 15-yard pass to Edelman. Gets them to the Falcons' 25-yard line. Uh, we see White take a lateral throw from Brady to the 15-yard line. Brady's pass to Bennett in the end zone is incomplete. Kind of a risky throw here. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, but ultimately ends up being a, a, an incompletion. But, you know, one of those that, uh, that, that had Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman kind of questioning that pass. Yeah, the other thing, too, on this, Patrick, if you'd noticed, the, the, the Falcons' defense is gassed. Right. So they've been just rushing after Brady. Brady ends up with like 9000 attempts in this game. So he's back to pass. They only get to him five times. But the big the biggest thing for me, Brady threw it 62 times. The big thing for me is how gassed they are in this. And they the momentum is totally with the um, the Patriots. And you what do they say in football, Patrick? You, you, they're playing downhill. That's what the, the Patriots are doing on this drive. But that throw was completely dicey. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could kind of see it as the game wore on into that into the third and fourth quarter. I think the Falcons came out with a ton of emotion and confidence and they were all fired up and it's almost like punching yourself out a little bit. Uh, and once you get to overtime and, you know, Brady's used to, you know, coming back and playing great in the fourth quarter and late in games and making those clutch throws, it's just kind of, you just get, you know, body punched over and over again with converted third downs and, you know, Brady scrambling up the middle and the Edelman catch and all this stuff. And it's just, you, you probably start believing that they're like, maybe this isn't our, maybe this isn't our day. <laughs> yeah, really. As as crazy as the first half was, uh, should have mentioned um, that Falcons linebacker Devondre Campbell was called for pass interference. So that does give mm-hmm. the Patriots first and goal. His pass, uh, the incomplete pass to Bennett that was deflected by Vic Beasley is the one that I was referencing that uh, that was a little dicey. But then on second down, we see White take a pitch, run the ball to the right. He's hit by a few defenders at the one-yard line, but he manages to stretch forward and get the ball uh, across the goal line before his knee hits the ground. They shoot the confetti, which I think is funny because this is a close play. They're yeah. you know they're looking on the replay and and you know it's 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 a it's All clear, scoring place. It's, 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 it's not you know I wouldn't have shot the confetti, um, <laughs> but it is a touchdown and the Patriots end up winning this game thirty-four to twenty-eight. It's their, their fifth Super Bowl title. And they were trailing 25 points in this game. It's the first time in NFL postseason history that a team was leading by 17 points or more at the start of the fourth quarter and went on to lose a game. That's unbelievable, Jab. I mean, just a, a crazy comeback. But in a lot of ways, it seemed like this was just a crazy loss by the Falcons. It was. Here's here's two things, too, from the betting standpoint. First of all, that's an over. I'll just give you guys out there that's an over. <laughs> Second of all, the Patriots were laying three in this game. Um, so they came in as a slight a slight fave in this game. So if you're a Patriots backer, you're you're obviously just can't believe that not only did you not lose this game, but you actually end up winning this game right by going away in a way. So if you did some of those future bets or if you've done some things where you sometimes you can change the line to get better odds, Patrick. So um it's just crazy they win by six, right? Um, it's 
to me, the biggest crime in this whole thing is somehow James White doesn't get the MVP. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I agree. I mean, 14 catches. I mean, he'll get mine. I think he'll get everybody else's. Like, he's he's the guy in this game. But, uh, yeah, it was just – it was unbelievable just to see this happen. And the thing is, I've I've seen collapses before. I think we all have uh, in, uh, like in a number of games. I think the biggest one I can actually really remember besides this would be, like, the, uh, the Niners coming back against the Giants, the Jeff Garcia Niners, I want to say, yep. like back in the day. And the thing is with this game, it's not like the Falcons didn't get picked off. And the Falcons didn't really, like, they didn't have, you know, they didn't fumble. It, it wasn't like a comedy of errors. It's just, like, little things, little moments, just a bunch of little moments, like third downs. And obviously they, they botched, you know, them botching that, you know, drive deep in Patriots territory was a big thing. But little things throughout this game just allowed the Patriots to stick around until those big moments happened. Like, it's just, you you keep going back and be like, man, if the Falcons could just could have just gotten a stop here or here or yep. here or here or picked up a third down or something. There's so many little moments where they could have won this game and they just didn't execute on any of them. Yeah, and it's it's oh man, it's got to be just the worst kind of loss. We we saw you know, of course the cameras go to to Tom Brady immediately after the game and he's he's got his helmet off and shaking hands and Matt Ryan comes over and you know does the gracious thing and, and shakes his hand but he's got the helmet on. I mean I I can't think of. A, a worse way to lose a Super Bowl, right? I mean, they they must have thought they had this thing locked up at at halftime, and just watch it, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly go away, and uh, ultimately end up losing this game that you know will go down in history as as one of the the worst upsets, uh, the worst comebacks in, in in Super Bowl history. So, just crazy. Um, you know, I, a lot of people uh, are are tired of Tom Brady, you know, myself included, but. You know, this this is really one of the uh, all time great performances by you know by a team. I'm tired of the Patriots. Um, you know, rewatching this game, Jab, I felt the same way. Where I'm, I'm, you know, I know the result, but I'm somehow hoping that the Falcons are going to pull through. <laughs> but you know, this is this is uh, you you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, this is this is an unbelievable comeback. I think a lot of teams would have uh, would have headed to the locker room while Lady Gaga was performing and thought, all right, well, uh, see you next year, you know, but that was not the case for the Patriots. Um, this isn't like the Orioles 31 and nine in 2012 in one run games, but, um, <laughs> Zach, did you, did you already, if I miss this, I'm sorry. Did you talk about 1940 when teams leading by 17 more points after three quarters were 133 and crazy, zero? crazy. That's Patrick, unbelievable. Is that a good number? Is that a good number? 133 and zero <laughs> in such situations? My God, it's, it's historical. Yeah, we can't do any more Patriots games. I'm not doing it. <laughs> we're, do, we're, we're done with Patriots. I'm protesting, like, I'm protesting Patriots. Patriots dynasty's over now, man. It's it is. Garrett Stidham's team. <laughs> it's never over, Patrick. When we it do is. retro games forever. It's gonna be uh, <laughs> Jab and I talked about where we experienced this game. I went to a Super Bowl party and ended up leaving sometime in the third quarter and watching the rest of this game at home. Um, and Jeb talked about his experience. Patrick, where did you watch this game? What's your, oh, what's your memory? Like from Patrick. the bathroom. That's right. Yeah. You had the stomach flu. <laughs> it you, was, were like, uh, you were like the Jordan, the uh, Jordan flu was, game. At, at this point, like the worst part of it was over, but I did wake up. Like we were supposed to go to a Super Bowl party at my buddy's apartment in New York city. And I remember waking up next to my wife and just being like, eh, I feel kind of like weird. And just being <laughs> like, that, just not even like really thinking anything of it and like taking a Pepto-Bismol and then, I th- like an hour later, I'm like, I think we're going to be late to the Super Bowl party. And then like maybe 20 minutes later, I was like sweating. In bed, like, <laughs> oh. We're not 
to the Super Bowl party, something is happening. That's miserable. It's <laughs> a miserable feeling. Something is happening. Uh, the only the only person that felt worse was Matt Ryan. So true. Uh, yeah, worse day than me. <laughs> no, Kyle Shanahan had a worse day than me. You're right. Yeah. God, he was brutal. Yeah. Clock He's screwed up two Super Bowls now. <laughs> uh, well, we are up in the air about where we're going next week. So we'd oh. love to hear from you. Uh, I you like can what you did there. Tweet to uh, at Jabby Burns or uh, at Rad. Why don't you tweet to at Retro Sports Pod and let us know yeah. if there's a game you would like us to, uh, to discuss. We're thinking about doing some college hoops. So if you have a college hoops <sighs> game... Um, we didn't have one that's on YouTube. This year, Zach. I know, so we got to do some college hoops. So Let's do some college hoops. That's why I thought you did the bit with did it, it's up in the air. It's up, but you know that was unintentional. <laughs> I should take credit for it, but that was unintentional. That's brilliant. Uh, so let us know because um, we, uh, we we've had a good time with this, but it'd be great to hear from you about a game that that you would like to hear us uh, rewatch and break down. So, Patrick Guthrie, um, it is great to have you back, man. I'm glad you're doing well. Glad the wife's doing well. Glad the baby's doing well. And uh, keep getting some sleep, man. That's great. Yeah, man, it's great. It was great to get back on and talk to you guys and relive a day where I had, the next day. This is I, I will. This is the last thing I'll say about it. There's <laughs> nothing more shady than having to call out. Of work the day after the Super Bowl because you have stomach. Pain. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I really like needed to hammer home. Like I called my boss and I'm like, no, like I know what this sounds like. <laughs> I'm totally serious. Like I could, I literally couldn't move yesterday. I, I can't come. To- <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure even then he still didn't believe you. Oh no, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Jabby Burns, always good talking to you as well, my friend. Oh, I love this, man. This is a good time. I won't, I, I, like I said, I'm protesting doing another Patriots game. So we're not <laughs> doing a Patriots game. Um, the one game we won't do for college basketball people out there uh, Michigan State, Maryland, uh, no, second round game no. loss at the buzzer. So we won't do that game. No. R.I.P. Oh. R.I.P. Gravis. Gosh. No, that's not happening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Retro Sports Rewind. If you like this week's show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review the show. Our intro music is Proto-Funk by Kevin McLeod, the mid-show stinger is Scar the Fire by Otis McDonald, and our outro music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. Links to all the music and the game, if you want to rewatch it, can be found in our show notes. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you again next week. 